Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. going on everybody welcome welcome everybody into the hump day hotline hump brought day. to you by victa endel and elmer i care on the buffalo rumblings vidcast hump Network. Day. it is hump day and my man jay spence the king is hump ready day. hump that like whatever platform you're consuming this podcast on please like please subscribe my name is joe miller you can find me on twitter joe, 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 joe. Yeah, oh, I'll hump that. Yeah, Mike, 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 Mike. He's still in character. <laughs> so good to I'll have quit now. I'll quit. everybody that's jumping. No, you're good, dude. Keep it rolling. Jumping into the comment section. Uh, appreciate everybody that uh, our faithful listeners and uh, the boys are back in town. The crew is back together. So uh, one thing we, you and I, knew coming into this year that everybody else didn't know was that we were going to be a little bit hit or miss. <laughs> and I'm just excited yeah. to be here with you. Um, and talking about the Buffalo Bills and everything that's going on. But uh, how are you? I'm good, man. I said it yesterday on Code of Conduct. I'm like, oh, wait, I think this week is a week that me and Joe get to do something. <laughs> so, yeah, most people don't know, but we kind of knew coming into the season that, that our schedules would be kind of off this year, or at least for the, the beginning part of the season. I think towards the second half, we should be able to kind of line it up even that- a little bit better. That is that is the absolute hope uh, we are going to do uh, or we're going to have a lot of fun talking about the Buffalo Bills and just uh, we'll, we'll dip our toes into last week. It was a week ago now, right? Six days ago. But we'll we'll have some final thoughts because I've got some questions for you uh, as we had many conversations leading up to last week's Thursday game and what we saw. And then uh, we'll talk about some new toys in the garage that the Buffalo Bills have. We'll talk about mm-hmm. what 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 to expect this week as far as versus the Cincinnati Bengals. But before we do that, let's hear from our show sponsor. Is that cool? Let's get it. Let's get it. It's time to say goodbye to the blur and hello to clear vision. Fichte, Endel, and Elmer are the first in Western New York to bring you Zeiss Smile Technology. Along with our highly experienced surgeons, we promise an effortless journey to better vision. Gone are the days of fumbling for glasses or struggling with contact lenses. Embrace the freedom of superb sight. Because we believe you deserve the world in HD. Visit us online at Ficta.com and schedule a consultation. Ficta, Endel, and Elmer. We are focused on you. So real quick, two things that I miss. I miss Food for Thought with Bruce and Nate. 
right? Yes. Like legit miss it. It was just a fun kind of off the cuff. They wrapped a bunch of stuff in with their Bills talk and it wasn't always Bill centric necessarily. I also miss when the first year of this program, the first real year of this program, uh, which I think was 2020 uh, when the Bills Mm -hmm. were like in fuego offensively. And I would do the whole intro song with cuts of their offensive performances, which was always just a slew of touchdowns and great catches and like crazy offensive prowess. I don't, I've often thought like if I was still doing that, there's many games where it's like, um, I'd be showing highlights of punts. (laughs) (laughs) We had a couple of them this season. We did, but but I'm going to agree with you. I miss, I miss uh, Bruce and Nate together. I did talk to Nate. Outside at the tailgate, um, outside the game this nice. past Thursday. Nice. So we might be we oh. might be reeling them back in. We'll see. I don't know if it's gonna be food for thought, um, but I'm 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 shooting for it. So set that hook, so buddy. We'll see, we might get. Yeah, I'm trying. You know, I'm, I'm always trying. So set so I think hook. we got it. I think I got my hooks in them. So we'll see. But but yeah, man. Uh, 2020 wildest dreams land is when it all began. And that's um, when it all began. I think we were we were with fanatics at the time. We were. We were absolutely yeah. with fanatics at the time, which was, was a uh, crazy year, man. It, it was, was a crazy year. I, we should in the off season or after the season, I don't even know during the bye week do a show where we just look back at all the games from that year. Cause and like the offensive performance and what Josh did and just how it started out as a big surprise, right? We were, we were all just like, what is happening? <laughs> and it just turned into, this is who this kid is. And yeah, so it's been it's been pretty amazing. And what's funny is even in a year where it feels like this offense has regressed, right? Which leads me into the very first topic that I want that, that we want to talk about tonight. Josh is still leading the league in touchdown passes. Josh is still doing like leading or was he fourth, third or fourth now in completion percentage? So it's not like Josh is first. Is he first still? I thought he was third or fourth now or something like that. But um it's just been it's been an interesting just kind of couple of years so that'd be fun maybe a fun little exercise for me and you to do is go back and you probably got them all recorded still right yeah dude I, I, that, that year for me was <laughs> that year for me was everything but the thing is when you even if you listen to josh's presser today he kind of added some context to even this year he's like you know statistically you know things are good right he's like but you know obviously there's some quarters there's some games that we would kind of want to score or some mm-hmm. you know some throws we wish we could have back so I, I i love the fact that he's accountable to himself and to the team and that he adds the context to there because some people you know or really even josh a couple of weeks ago he came out with a not so lovable attitude when it came to a topic of criticism and you know so now he's coming back out and and i think he's able to say like you know there's some 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 yards and some points we left on the field there but um statistically overall i think josh is in a good place i think for me uh i think he's he's got to be in the discussion at least top two top three when it comes to mvp at this point of the year um and then i text bruce a a few minutes prior to the show starting i'm like i know you're not doing stew this week (laughs) tell me where josh is and Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody because he didn't tell me but i'm gonna tell you (laughs) i know it's pretty close to the top he he didn't tell me but he said he said i I assume that it's very close to the top so i I think this is uh still a very good year for josh and you know we we have things that we want to complain about but in the grand scheme of things you know we're in a good place we're a half game out of first in the division we're a game out of first in the conference Mm -hmm. i think a lot of things can still you know we still have the power to write our future 
I want to touch on last week's game in as much as what you said. Josh Allen came out on Monday or whatever day it was, and not not this week, but before the Bucks game and said that there's a lot, maybe it was the week before, there's a lot of all-pro. Sorry, my phone is dinging over here. A lot of all-pro at-home offensive coordinators that think that they know what is supposed to happen and they're yada, yada, yada. And it was kind of the first shot that he ever really took at the fans, at the media, at the whom, whomever you want to say he took a shot at. Um, and you tweeted perfectly in the middle of that football game. They heard us like they heard us because what we got, and I'm going somewhere with this. What we got was 11 personnel, obviously with Dawson Knox being injured and Quentin Morris. We got Josh running. We got an up-tempo offense and that offense snapped back into who they were almost immediately. 2020, 2021, 2022. After the game, Josh says, the only reason we did that was because it was a short week and we wanted to do some things that were familiar. Do you buy that? Or do you feel like there was a, we got to get back to what works? I mean, I think it's, I think it's a combination of both, but I think hopefully the the bigger part of it all is we got to get back to what works. Um, I do think, you know, Sarah and I talked about it and, and she was the one that kind of even said it to me. She was like, do you think that they, she's like, they heard us. Do you, do you think that they actually paid attention to us? And I'm like, yo, they heard us. Yeah. I'm like, yo, they really heard it. And and I'm not talking about Buffalo rumblings. I'm not talking about right, Joe's right. show or my show. I'm talking about the fan base. I'm talking about every podcast network. I'm talking about everybody who critiqued the offense and said, look, I know that Ken Dorsey is still you know, leading an offense that's putting up 27.8 points per game, but it still just doesn't look like the offense that we fell in love with. And guess what? They listened to us and they yeah. said they don't they said they don't hear the noise. They said they don't pay attention to it, but they did everything that we asked them to do. It was a <laughs> design run play for Josh, a, a, a design run play for Josh out that, the gate that your head coach then said, what, what were the things you liked in the game? And he responded, I like Josh running early. And I was like, my, my head exploded. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Big dubs for fans everywhere. For all the all-pro offensive coordinators on the couch. That's right. Big dub for all of us. I just want to throw that out there. Love you, Josh. But I had to take that one little jab there because it's like, come on, man. We we're only critiquing you like just because we love you. Like we want, we want the thing that you spoiled us with. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have let us have a taste of whatever that type of offense was if you weren't gonna give that to us. Exactly. Big dubs it, for us. It's, it's interesting because the tweet that I put out after that game the 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 game before that that they lost to the patriots was josh in the chiefs game where he was like freaking out like come on let's go let's go and like hype it up hype it up the sideline which i know now they've come out and said oh josh does that from time to time on the sideline anyway it was different before back then um and all i said was josh we love you be you right and and, and i felt the same way that like josh because i tagged him in it and some people got mad at me and i'm like i'm not disparaging him i'm telling him cut it loose like we love who you are go be you and i felt yeah. not vindicated but i felt like he saw my tweet and it, he's like that's right i'm gonna go be me right so the question is this as it pertains to that game what you saw on offense and i know we're going to get into the Bengals game and expectations and things like that here shortly um I know that the Bills went and got O.J. Howard. I know that even when Dable was here, they talked about running 12 personnel. And I know that they went all in on 12 personnel this year, like 67% or 70-something percent, uh, you know, as far as offensive uh, personnel being 12. And then this game, they had to go to 11 on purpose. You know, 
do you see them when Dawson gets better, when Quentin gets better? Do you see them going back to 67%, 70%, 12? Do you see, or I mean, do you see a balance between the two? Do you think that they're learning a lesson? Like, what is, where are you at? Well, where I hope, where I hope it ends up is that they say, you know what, this 11 personnel seems to look a whole lot better than the 12 personnel. Yeah. So just based on, like Coach McDermott said today, Coach McDermott said, now, it was a different conversation. They were talking about player availability for game day. But he said mm. it's a strictly football decision. Every game, it should be a strictly football decision. So for me, this offense should be a strictly football decision. I don't care that we're paying Dawson Knox $52 million for his contract. I don't care that we've said all summer that it's going to be 12 personnel. Mm -hmm. Look, it works with 11. It works. Josh yeah. Allen looks comfortable for some reason. When it's twelve, I don't. I don't know. The, I don't know all the. I'm. I'm not the Same. the X's and O's type. That's going to say Same. like, look, this is what's actually different with a another receiver versus another tight end. This is why it, they don't get open the same. And I'm not going to give you that. But what I will give you is that something looks different yeah. in twelve personnel versus eleven. And Josh looks so much more comfortable in eleven. It's spread out. He can run more. He can take off more. He sees the field better. He makes it. He makes. Hard throws look easy. Mm -hmm. Give me, give me Josh Allen in this offense. So hopefully, when Knox comes back, they're like, "Hey, well, yeah, you can uh, sub in and out for <laughs> for uh, Kincaid when he needs a breather." <laughs> right. And and that's that's kind of where I'm at at this point. I love him. I love Knox. I understand he's he's making a lot of money. But hey, I want to win games, and at this point, this is what we needed. This is why we drafted him. Yeah, Everybody yeah. over the offseason kept saying, oh, man, this guy, he's this, and he's he's going to get open. He's Travis Kelsey 2.0. That's all I've been hearing. Yeah, yeah. We're finally seeing a flash of that over the last two games. I want them to keep it going. Yeah, agreed. And I, I just want to address the dip in performance from the offense at the end of the game, end of the third, into the fourth. Um, I think you probably were just like me. The defense is kicking the fannies of the Bucks, So we're inside their territory at the 48, 45, 42. Punt the ball pin them back and and they did over and over and over again i don't think there was an aspect of like all of a sudden the offense sputtered and stopped working i think there was just a strategic conservative head coach play game plan going on there of which we've seen them do before taking the foot off the gas a, there was a couple that i was like I, really, I was part of the fan base that was booing like are you kidding me come on sean <laughs> like are you are you kidding me not not every single time but i mean like come on you you gotta you got to give us something here. We're, the, the, the offense is finally – it looks like the offense is back. Right. We're right. in a, a, a very short situation where we can gain some more momentum, score some more points, and really put our foot like, – you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. put the pedal to the metal and just end teams, man. Like, you know what I love? Like, last year, the beginning of last season, I always mm -hmm. go back and refer to those games. But go back and think about the first three weeks of that season. We mm -hmm. beat the defending Super Bowl champions Rams. in L.A. Crushed then it. we come back to Buffalo and we destroy the Titans on Monday mm -hmm. Night Football. And not only do we destroy them, Josh doesn't play in the third, I mean, in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. at all. The next week, following week, same thing. The Bills blow, I forget who we play, uh, but we, we blew that team out and Josh didn't play in the fourth quarter. What what is it about now? Like, why are we taking our like? Why are we saying no? It's okay for us to relax, or it's okay for us to figure this thing out. No, let's get back to destroying teams, man. Like, right, there's right. a reason why people don't talk about us anymore. The way they talk about the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Dolphins for in, Jesus, man, the Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like the Dolphins out here got people more nervous than the Bills right now.
<laughs> so anyways, let's move on to our next topic so that we can get through a lot of what we want to talk about, which is that, uh, first of all, the Buffalo Bills have some, uh, as I said, some shiny new toys in the uh, in the garage. One of those is the Buffalo Bills have signed Leonard Fournette to the practice squad. Uh, what do we feel is going to be his role for this offense? And I think I want to go first in as much as Leonard Fournette might. I'm, I'm, we're, I'm, I'm driving. I'm, I'm driving McKenna to work. Short Kentucky Fried Chicken. The, the girl is rich. She's making like 16 bucks an hour part time working at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Has more money than she knows what to do with, right? And she's just she's like one of the best workers there. They love her because she, she's responsible. She comes to work. She doesn't call off. Like they tell her how to do something once. She does it regardless of all that. She's awesome. I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you my kid's awesome. But um, secondary, we're driving and 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 WGR 55 is on and they're talking about Leonard Fournette and I'll get into that a sec in a second as well. And even she says, because she's very, very good at fantasy football, too, um, like her quote is, I took this year off because I want to let other people win, um, which is funny. But um, <laughs> she she said, isn't Leonard Fournette just a boomer bust player? And I was like, yes. She's like, everybody that I know that has ever either drafted him or picked him up on a waiver wire, it's like, he gets me five points, five points, five points. I release him. Then he gets 40 points. Somebody else picks him up. He gets 40 points. And then it's five points, five points, five points, 40 points. And it's like, yes. And I don't want to disparage Zach Moss because Zach is like losing his mind in, in Indianapolis. But bringing Leonard Fournette onto this team and letting him carry the football is almost like running back, having your running back, like just running to the backside of your offensive lineman. Cause that's what Leonard Fournette does. So, I don't see necessarily a huge role for him in this offense. Like, I don't see him displacing, uh, uh, not Demar- I don't, uh, Latavius Murray. I always get, I always want to say Demarius Thomas for Latavius Murray. I don't know why the two names are just in my head, um, but I don't see him display, and I absolutely don't see him displacing James Cook at all. Like taking any carries from James Cook. Do you? Not Cook. I could see Murray. When you go zero and Murray 4, is productive, uh, and he catches the football. He is productive. He is productive, but when you go 0-4 for the reason that you were giving your job, that's a bad day at work. And you look, last year, uh, Lenny had 523 yards receiving out of the backfield. That's big. It's still a very good year. That's big. So he can receive the ball out the backfield. That's he, big. He's still very good on the goal line situation. So for me, I do see him being, um, now, as far as fantasy, yes, boomer bust. He's going to be touchdown dependent. You don't want to put him in the game. You know, you don't, He's your flex on the week that you got five people on bye week. That's who you put in when that happens. Uh, but for the Buffalo Bills in real life football, I absolutely see him being exactly what Ezekiel Elliott is to the Patriots. You put him in on, when you're seven yards and close to the goal line. You're seven and goal. It, that Those are the plays that you're going to see uh, touchdown Lenny. Or if, you know, last week, Sarah mentioned it a couple uh, comments up. We we ran a screen play. <laughs> who, mm-hmm. who knows? We might actually involve screen passes in the offense. Yeah, I can yeah. see touchdown Lenny getting involved that way, too. So is the pass catching piece, yes. I'm talking about specifically taking carries away, not necessarily reps away. Um, but even with that, I find Latavius Murray and, J- and James Cook also being very good at, you know, obviously being catch- you know, catching the football out of the backfield. We've seen James Cook, even at his young age, leaking into open spaces and becoming a target for Josh when the play has broken down. I'm not saying that Leonard Fournette is a bad football player. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I just right. don't know that he brings you something that Murray and Cook together are not. Now I know that it's 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 all about Damian Harris and Damian Harris being on IR and how long and yada yada yada. And you know, when you and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, you know, reading his family's tweets about 
just player safety and health and yada, 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 that it's more than the game. It's about family and future and all that stuff that you and I were kind of like, maybe he retires. Maybe this scared him. You know what I mean? I don't know that it has because he has not retired, but I just, I just, so one of the hosts on the afternoon show, uh, drive home show at GR was basically saying that he doesn't really like James Cook and he feels like Leonard Fournette is coming in to take carries away from James Cook. And I was just like, uh, 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 how, how, how he's a street free agent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just can't buy it, but I'm excited to have him here. And it's going to be interesting to see what the bills do when Harris returns. I, now, here's the thing, too. I do think that there's a narrative out there about Leonard Fournette that is not true. I don't think that he's washed. I don't think that he's I old. I don't think that. Well, no, I, you're not saying that. What I'm saying mm. is there's there's a, a narrative out there that, for instance, because he, he was a free agent, that he wasn't that good anymore and that his uh, production had fallen off. That's why I made a point to mention last season more than 500 yards receiving and um, yeah. I think he had over 1,200 yards all-purpose in offense last year. So, I mean, he's still a very productive player. I don't see him coming in to be RB1. So I do still think that James Cook is the guy. But, I, look, if if Latavius Murray has another game where he's not productive in situations that they brought him to this team for, if, um, you know, for just – or, again, it's depth. If you have another injury for any reason, running backs get injured. Leonard Fournette, you could do a lot worse than Leonard Fournette. Well, as the Buffalo Bills in the and you know for the last half of the season, the Bills were splitting carries between uh, the, the the number two and number three. You know when when Harris was was healthy, so you can expect him to get the football if he's on the active rock roster, which I would expect him to be on the active roster on Sunday. If anything, he's probably a huge upgrade in pass blocking. Uh, over the other two, which I can absolutely see. Um, uh, Dan Van Coenberg, right? Van Coenberg. Fournette is an RB3 or four is amazing, which is absolutely true. What I was going to add on to that is we also don't necessarily know why he was a street free agent. There very much could have been many teams that were knocking on the door. You know, hey, do you want to come to New England? Hey, do you want to come to Denver? And he's like, no, I'm good, fam. <laughs> and you know, well, you got to, you also got to be honest at this point, you talk about 29. Uh, everybody talks about how running backs fall off a cliff at 30, mm -hmm. 31, you know? So mm -hmm. at this point of his career, I mean, he has a championship already with Tom Brady, but who's to say he's like, you know what? I don't want to play for just anybody. I want to go right. somewhere where we're winning and I want to go somewhere where I feel like I can get another ring. That's it. And, and apparently you did it, Joe. Yeah, I see that. Dan, you <laughs> <pronounced the name> properly. <laughs> I, I get a lot of those. Thanks for pronouncing my name properly. When I read the tweets, like, like I'll read the tweets and dude, some of those tweet handles come in and I'm like, Oh, oh man, my God. I don't even it. try it. I'm like, I see you, man. Like that's where I'm at. Just I, but I, see but I don't that's, I don't pre-read the tweets because I want my reaction to be genuine and like mm -hmm. I, so I don't even pre-read the tweets. So when I'm doing the the tweet reading on the show, like that's legit. The first time I'm seeing it and going through it, and it's just like you've got to be kidding me right now. I will say this before we move on to the next new fun race car in the garage. The other afternoon host followed up that statement about not liking James Cook and Fournette's here to take away carries with Vaughn Miller has been a, and I quote a ghost on this defense and is a shell of himself. And I don't, he hasn't made an impact at all. And for me, I'm sitting in the truck with my jaw on my lap. I'm like, like Vaughn Miller is racing around the end. He has just as much flash and, and that jump is like his get off is still there. It's it's, and he's not all the way back yet. And I just flabbergasted. Dude, it, to me, after the game last Thursday, 
WGR. I'm I'm literally sitting in the parking lot waiting for traffic to clear up so I can get into traffic. Right. And a caller on the radio before McDermott is able to do his presser comes on as a guest and they say, you know, there's two things. One, we need to fire Sean McDermott as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> and what the heck is happening with Von Miller? We're paying him all that money. We need to get rid of him. And I'm literally I'm just like, yo, what and what what is happening? What is happening, man? Like yeah. What is that? Are we? You you can tell you can tell when Von Miller's in the game because he is usually racing past his man, the tackle that's his mm-hmm. man. Now he's not getting home. I feel like he's temper his, his he is he's tempered himself into the role, and I feel like he was even more active in the Bucks game, trying to get to the quarterback, diving, using his body. Whereas the first game, first couple games that he was back. He was get working on his jump, but he was just to get pressure, but wasn't really trying to collapse the pocket. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a process. I, I think we would all agree that it's a process. But moving on from that, Brandon Bean also sent a third round pick late yesterday, almost at the buzzer. Uh, third round pick to the Packers in return for quarterback Rasul Douglas, and a fifth round pick coming back. I'm gonna let you go first. What are your thoughts on this trade? Anytime a trade is made and the the fan base of the guy that left is upset and crying mm-hmm. and in shambles, it's a good deal for your team. So I'm happy about this. I, everything that I saw from Packers fans, if you go and look on Twitter or X, whatever it's called, you go and look on X when they made the announcement, just look at the comments and look mm-hmm. at everything that Packers fans are saying. I got good friends that are Packers fans. I think I posted a couple of the conversations and they were all upset about it. So for me, there's, there's, I have no complaints about this. It doesn't replace Trey White, but it absolutely, it absolutely, it's absolutely an upgrade to everything that we have on the roster currently active. And, you know, I would have liked to see a defensive tackle or, mm. or a linebacker, um, but I, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, there's a, there's a great deal of when you look at, you know, people wanting to fire Sean McDermott and this defense this and this defense that and Sean McDermott is not doing good as the as the defensive coordinator playing calling plays and yada, yada, yada. It's like, and even like, other fan bases and national media calling the Bills pretenders. I think PFF called the Buffalo Bills. It was a PFF that called the Bills the, the biggest pretender in the league or something like that this week or the biggest fraud no, in the league. Or, or was it? That was smoke. That was, was smoke. It, that was Barstool. Well, he had the yeah, article about it, but there was somebody else that said it too. Maybe it was Barstool. I don't even know. But, you know, you're talking about a, a defense that, that has lost a Pro Bowl slash all pro level player at each level of the defense, defensive tackle, your number one defensive tackle, your number one linebacker, your number one corner. But when you put that soup together and we don't know who Brandon Bean called about, he did say in his press conference that, you know, there was an aspect of like defensive tackles were hard to come by. Like nobody wanted to let let go of their defensive tackles. If there was a position he had to address, it was corner. In my opinion, if there's one of the three, we got to have it's cornerback because corner is struggled a little bit. I think, um, Terrell Bernard has come on. We've all signed the apology letter mentally, right, for Terrell Bernard. Um, so, so there's so, some stability there. And Puna Ford is on this football team. And while he's not Daquan Jones, right, he's also not awful either as far as that goes. Well, but go ahead. You know what, though? There's not a lot of guys this year playing at a Daquan Jones level in the no. NFL. Daquan Jones was playing at an all pro. Like, I mean, yeah. I said, I, yes. like, I try to reiterate this a lot this week. Every show that I've been on, I'm saying it again. Daquan Jones was going to be an all pro defensive tackle this, this season. He was like, it, he was, <laughs> he was absolutely playing like a defensive 
player of the year candidate. Like, I don't know how else I can stress that. The dude was playing lights yeah. out. Lights yeah, out. Playing super good. So I'm 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 happy about the pick. I, at first, at first blush, and I threw kind of a seems like like just this is just me in passing thinking, which a whole bunch of people started, you know, attacking me. Like, that's a horrible take. What kind of a take is this? Like, even bad Bill's take. Well, I've never even heard of that handle handle before, like jumped on top of me. And it's like, well, first of all, you need to realize off the jump what a take is this is not a take gotta, this is me just thinking like this seems like gotta, I'm just, but you got to use your you got to use mute better man like well gotta, whatever i what a, so right <laughs> um I, I was like at this point to your point i called a couple friends of mine that are huge packer fans and they're yeah mad mad about losing yeah. a, a douglas um the fifth coming back is big um for me and i think what's interesting about this conversation uh as it pertains to douglas and that third switching to the next topic you know is there there, there are rumors out there that being sort of confirmed but didn't completely confirm that the bills were getting offers from other teams to take kair for a third and it's odd to me from what we have witnessed which some of it is refreshing that football politics has not been at play that regardless of what it looks like to have a number one draft pick sitting on your bench behind a sixth rounder, a seventh rounder, and some other guys that you've got, there's just I I feel like if I was the general manager, I just sent a third, got a fifth for Douglas. If I had somebody calling me about a dude that's riding the pine for me, not even dressing on Sundays, and they're saying we'll give you a third for him, I I think I'm jumping, I'm I'm jumping on that. I think Bean would have jumped if it was accurate. Everything that I'm hearing you is that think? that report is inaccurate. <laughs> Every everything that I'm hearing about that report is inaccurate. But he so said that I he was completely unwilling to to move him. We were completely disinterested in moving him. You think those are just words? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, I think he's talking that talk to save face. I don't think he wants to look bad for blowing it on a first round draft pick. But I think if if you had two teams calling to give you a third for a guy that you had that you've had inactive for basically a full season, I think you jump on that. He he would have jumped on that. I just don't think it was accurate. Cause cause then you're looking at it like we got Douglas and a fifth. Right? Right. We got Douglas and a fifth. Really? Like that that's what we did. Right, because you're just swapping thirds at that point in time. But now I will say, if it is a development thing, and let's just say, let's let's just take them for their word at this point. Let's say the team really wants to develop him, and let's say they want to invest in him, and and say next season he can be that guy. Mm-hmm. This, if he can be that guy and and take a year and develop into something that would be a you know if he's a good cornerback, you know it could be it could be good for the future there, you know? So yeah, at the yeah. same time, like we're, we're, we beat up on him now. I get it. He got beat up by Calvin Ridley a couple of weeks ago and he's been inactive. I get he, it. He's not the but first or the last. He's, he <laughs> won't be the last. He will not. <laughs> but when you, when you see him, if he, if he can develop into something and then, you know, you, you have Douglas and then however else it develops, if we draft or whatever, it, it could be a good future. So, you know, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm open with that too, but, I, I just, I, again, I just think that that uh, third round draft pick conversation it just wasn't wasn't there. So this was big from Roy Collins, who just sent in the, the comment. Bean also said Elam has an ankle injury, uh, they, and they shut him down. Uh, you and I, not this week for, and we'll talk about it in a second. You and I go through the injury report every week. Every week, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> has Kier been on it? Been on it? I, I don't. He just uh, magically popped up on it this week. He wasn't on it. He's not on it this week. week. He wasn't on it. Well, no, he's on it today. They posted on it today, today, and he was on there today as it did not practice. And I'm like, oh, isn't this interesting? Yeah. Speaking of, like it's just like, come on, like okay. Now I love Brandon Bean, and and I, you know, I, I 
I give I hype them as often as I can. Every opportunity yeah, I get, I'll hype Brandon Bean. Same. But listen, come on, man. We're not we're smarter than the average bear. You can't. I'm not going to use the terminology, but you can't. You know, do certain hey. things to us and tell us it's raining. You know what I mean? Like you all, gotta. All, you know all what you, I mean? Come all on, all you all pro at home general managers <laughs> on the couch, Jay Spencer King. <laughs> But it's like, come on, you're going to tell me now? Oh, yeah, he's had a nagging ankle injury. He hasn't been on any. Sarah hey, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're thinking about shutting him down. Like, we're, we're going to shut him down for four weeks. And we're going to, that's a, now it's a four week thing. Okay, Brandon, that's what's happening. All right. That, love you, that Brandon. One, that, one is right up, that one is right up there with, I don't know what's going on with Dawson Knox. You'd probably have to ask him about his injury and how bad it is. And then, oh, by the way, like, at dude. the end of the conversation, he's getting surgery and going to IR. It's like, what? Like, yeah. yeah okay, Brandon. Thanks. <laughs> well, that was a big turn, but, no. but same, same energy. <laughs> but they, yeah, they just, they just, I feel like, and I get it. It's coach talk and GM talk where you don't want to, you know, say too much or whatever, but it's like, come on. Like, right. But really? what is what is the future for for Kyir Elam on this roster? Because Douglas has one year left on his, and that's the part that I didn't know. When I when I tweeted, seems like if Chase Young went for if, they, if somebody got Chase Young for a third, it seems mm-hmm. like Douglas. And I, I'm not saying I didn't know his name. I know who Douglas is, but Douglas isn't you know isn't you know uh, one of the best corners in the NFL. And a third is a big number. I know they got a fifth back. So I was just that's what I was mulling last night as far as just in that conversation. But if he's got a year left on his contract, right, with, as far as what the, the Bills are picking up this year and then they got one year left, you've got Tredavious White hopefully coming back. You've got Benford. You're not moving on from Benford. Dane Jackson is very much a serviceable depth player who you are going to probably re-sign for not $40 million, right? Where does Kyer fit next year or the year after? Like, is there a fit? Well, first, we, yes, there's a fit. But I do want to say, because you, you kind of made mention of like, you know, he's not one of the best. I think it's by name. And I think it's because Green Bay now, especially with Aaron Rodgers not being there. And it's like it's 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 the thing that Buffalo used to have to deal with before Josh. Right. Like it's a small market. So when you have a Stefan Gilmore, he wants to leave so his family can watch him play every right. Sunday. Right? Yeah, right. So like it's so now it's this issue. Douglas, if you look at his numbers, he's one of the best cornerbacks at taking the ball away. He's uh, top half of the league in coverage. He's, you know, so I mean, he's yeah, but, he's yeah, but a if, very good cornerback. If, if the if the news if the if if the ticker reads the Buffalo Bills are making a trade with the Green Bay Packers for a cornerback, and that cornerback is before you read the name before it comes across the ticker, you're not thinking Douglas. You're thinking Alexander. Like you're like, oh, give me. That's not by got. name is what I'm by saying. Name, like yes. you're thinking Alexander by name. But then again, every Packers fan that I know and everybody who I everybody who covers the Packers that I know says, like, no, he's been the best cornerback for the team this year. So by name, yeah, Alexander, you, you like, yeah, what, what happened here? But right. by performance and by what the Bills need, the Bills need turnovers. They need a yeah. cornerback that can go and snatch the ball from these other receivers. I think they got they got what they're looking for. This is a great, I mean, this is great. Interesting. And Matt, Matt Montgomery, it's great to see you, by the way, buddy. Uh, yeah, so it's super good to see you in the comments section. Uh, do you think they try to move Elam to safety when Poyer and Hyde leave? So so this is a great conversation. Hyde and Poyer, and you and I have talked about it, you've talked about it, and, you know, there's an aspect of, like, these guys are not exactly spring chickens anymore. You know, I think this is Hyde's last year. Poyer's got this year and next year. Um, 
I don't want to say that age looks like it's catching up to them, but it's going, it's inevitable at some point in time. And there was conversation coming into this year about moving Christian Benford to safety. And I know that they have successfully moved players to safety, not the bills. Like the NFL does that. I don't know that you and I are qualified to necessarily like throw the darts at the dartboard on like who is a good fit at safety and who is not. But uh, I guess this is an opportunity. Joe, I am an all pro defensive coordinator <laughs> on, on the my couch. couch. <laughs> I can make that. I can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> the hell you mean? I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but no, I do think, I think Elam's a candidate for it. I see somebody in the comments. Uh, my man, Matt mentioned uh, white would be a candidate for safety as well. I think after Trey? Uh, two years of injuries like this, um, I, I, I don't think it's likely. I think, I think we've possibly seen the end of Trey as a Buffalo Bill, I hate to say that even publicly, you know, but I do. I think when you make a move like this for Douglas and if you're going to invest in Elam, there's a decision somewhere to be made. So right, right. whether it's Trey, whether it's you move on from Elam next year, whether, you know, I don't know what it is, but you have you have too many cornerbacks and I'm sure that they're going to try to draft another one or bring somebody in for competition. So, yeah. I mean, there, there's only there's only so many roster spots. So. I think what's interesting I is and it, I, I go back to Trey when Trey's contract was up and I had Greg Thompson on my show in the off season uh, years ago uh, on the overreaction show. Um, and the, and the phrase, and we were talking about Trey, like we were going through like, so we were going through the roster, the contracts, we were talking about Milano. We were talking about all the guys that are coming up, where the money's going to go. Who do you, you know, what's funny is we've, we've kept most of them, which is even crazier, but, but Greg said, mm -hmm. Trey's going to get all the Pagula bucks. And if you remember back then, we were all really worried, even with hearing over and over and over again that the Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott defensive system doesn't need dynamite corners. It almost makes good corners out of maybe sometimes Jags, like just another guy. Um, and I think we have kind of seen that between, you know, uh, uh, Dane Jackson with uh, Levi Wallace, like there's been a lot of guys, even Christian Benford, a six round draft pick. And I'm not taking anything away from Christian, but Christian isn't a first round draft pick. Like he's not coming into the NFL. Like, you know, let's go. Like, if you know what I'm saying? Like you almost got to wonder if the bills don't need to have a flash Ferrari at CB one. It's nice to have a dude shadow. It's nice to have a guy, follow a guy all over the field, but do they need, but we it? don't, we don't play that way. Even, I mean, it's not even, do we need it? Trey did this year. Trey started the season shadowing. Yeah. But I mean, like, it was uh, okay. I, I, to me, when I watched it, it's like there were certain plays where they made sure that he was lined up against, you know, the other team, but he didn't shadow. Because right. to me, even if you go back to week two when we played against the Raiders, I was pissed. Oh my God, dude, I was, oh, <laughs> I was so upset at the way we didn't cover Devontae Adams. And then yeah. you put, and I love, I love everybody, you know, Johnson, we got the best nickel corner in the league. I say it all the time. We got the best nickel corner. Who's getting burned a lot lately, beat a lot. He inside. got, he got beat by Adams on that touchdown. Mm -hmm. There was a third down play that they had him covering and he caught, it was like 12 yards for the first down on third and two right in front of me. I was, oh, I was so upset. So again, the yeah, Trey was out there. We, we don't, he wasn't following. So as even though we have a guy that you feel like can do that. The bills don't, don't run that type of defense. So no, the answer is we don't need that. Yeah. Chris Schenke brings up a good point. You know, the Trey isn't physical enough as a player to play safety, which is true. And if you look at through, look at it through that lens, if you look at it through the safety lens of who's mm -hmm. got the Jordan Poyer mindset, right? I'm going to, and Jordan talked about it even coming up in this game uh, in his presser today. I listened to that live. 
um, just as far as being willing to come up and make a tackle. You hope to get a, a platoon of guys to the player, but you're going to have to come up and make a tackle sometimes solo one-on-one. The, the guy that sticks out to me from this standpoint, being physical enough, is Dane Jackson. Dane Jackson, to me, is a guy that even when he was early in his career, we were all screaming for Dane because the dude is a tackling machine. Like, he's not afraid to throw his body in there and and make and hurt somebody if he has to, like, to bring him down to the ground. Another interesting thought is moving Taron Johnson, the guy you're talking about, back to safety and, like, moving somebody else into that nickel spot. Now, I know our nickel 4-2 defense, which I've been a huge critic of, widely, wildly, widely relies on Taron to be that guy. But I guess there's options there, right? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Oh, I, well, you know, I can't even say I'm with you because I, I don't know. I don't know what I would want and how I would want it to look. But I do know um, as it stands right now for the rest of the season, I like what I saw out of them bringing Poyer down a little bit, kind of like a hybrid mm-hmm. linebacker. Well, they're but doing I'm that three for the whole year. They're doing that three. Yeah, but I'm thing, which they are. Who, 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 who just about. played the Dolphins and they got credit for it? Somebody just played the Dolphins and like, was it? The, oh, it was the Patriots. It's like, yeah, well, it's the like, Patriots like, discovered that the three safety thing. It's like, well, that's okay. how the Bills beat them. <laughs> but the thing that I, the thing I'm concerned about is over the course of a full season, can Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde last? I, I need those guys in January. Like, to me, that was part of the problem against Cincinnati. Jordan went out in the first half. Uh, Micah was obviously not there at all. We didn't mm-hmm. have Vaughn. So for me, at this point, it's like, okay, let's let's get the division. Let's get into the playoffs. But, like, let's not get into the playoffs where we're beating ourselves up to get there. Let's figure mm-hmm. it out. So, and that's part of why, at the beginning of the show, I was saying, no, let's, let's like, Let's dominate so Josh can sit out in the fourth quarter and also get these other guys rest. I don't want to beat these guys up because then come January, because I think this game Sunday is going to look completely different than it did in January. The Bengals are good, but I mean, we were without Micah Hyde. We were without Von Miller. We were without now this year. We're without Trey. We're without right, right. Uh, Matt Milano and Daquan. So it's still a, a thing, but I'm I'm not as scared. <laughs> we got our safeties back, man, and I think that makes a big difference. I just want to address Roy Collins' comment just because a couple of people are talking around it. How about just getting guys that have actually played safety? So context, like we're having a conversation about the fact that there's a bottleneck or soon-to-be bottleneck at corner, and we've got two safeties that are aging out. That's why we're talking about this hypothetical situation. So, yes, yeah, ideally... Not- <laughs> go ahead say it well i'm just saying we're not saying like this is what we want we're this saying is like, the answer <laughs> you know if they don't want to kind of part ways with trey which nobody wants and they want to keep that contract and then they want to figure out how to keep certain guys yeah. we're just thinking of different things that they could do but yeah, what yeah, this yeah. Is all hypothetical all yeah. hypothetical 100 so let's move on to what we're all here for which is the buffalo bills are traveling to Cincinnati for a Sunday night showdown against the Bengals, a game I was supposed to go to and I will not be at. Um, There is no team the Buffalo Bills play that scares me more than the Bengals. That is a team that just seems to have our number. Um, Like, I'm not as worried about playing the Chiefs as I wasn't as worried about playing the Chiefs last year as I was about playing the Bengals. The Bengals just, it seems like they know how to disrupt what we want to do on offense and they know how to take advantage of our defense um where's your mind where's your head at for this football game i think it's gonna look better than it did last year i think um for starters i think it's better and i'm (laughs) better oh damn but i think i think that josh is mentally in a better place i think our offense um 
whether or not we have better or because last year, remember, we had Cole Beasley back. Right. So mm -hmm. we were going into this thing with a, a Kobe, a version of Cole Beasley that wasn't the guy that we loved on this team. Mm -hmm. So if Dalton Kincaid is the replacement for that, I think we've made an improvement there. I think Stefan Diggs is playing very good football right now. Agreed. I think the last few games that we've seen out of Gabriel Davis, he's playing very good football. And a big difference is, too, last year the Bills didn't have a run game. This year the Bills have a run game. So, again, I think Josh Allen is playing some of the best football of his career. It doesn't look and feel like it, mm -hmm. but he is if you look at his numbers. So I think, I, I, honestly, I think that it's going to be a completely different situation than last year i think they still look good you got joe burrow and chase and higgins and Mixon, and you know you got a team over there that that they have a good team yeah it's gonna be a good game it's to me it's the game of the week if you break it down offense to defense uh for the Bengals. so offensively for the Bengals, i want to get trapped in my mind in this thought of oh my gosh the weapons oh my gosh the weapons even with the situation that the defense is in no Daquan Jones, no Matt Milano, no Tredavious White. Um, Douglas most likely is not going to play this weekend. If he does, it'll probably be on a pitch count or very, very limited snaps. But the Bills this year especially have done a good job of handling teams with multiple weapons, whether it's the Dolphins or the Jaguars, right, with the weapons that they have, ETN, uh, Zay Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Like, the Bills have done a good job of taking care of teams, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like, they've done a good job, Rashad White. They've done a good job of taking care of teams' weapons. So I want to alleviate myself from the pressure of being worried about the Bengals' offense. Um, and then it just comes down to the Bills' the Bills offense against their defense, which they've got a good defense. They've got a defensive coordinator that seems to do a very good job of scheming against the Bills. Now, he's, he has had some clunkers. He has had some stinkers this year uh, against opposing teams. They're their defensive coordinator. The issue at hand for me is if this becomes a boat race, are the Bills in it? Because last year, the Bills looked like they were trying to do everything they could to keep it from being a boat race. And it backfired tremendously. And what I mean by that is they wanted to play possession football, and the Bengals were like, they weren't having it. They're like, nope. You know what the biggest difference is? And, and this is what's going to be the difference. The Bills didn't win a boat race, but guess what? They didn't have an offensive line to protect Josh. Allen. Last year, that's true. So now think about this. All last year, after every game, maybe a game or two, we didn't have this conversation, but we complained every single week about protecting mm -hmm. Josh Allen and about the offensive line. Yeah. This year, we have not discussed maybe maybe a play here or there where we've said, oh, man, the offensive line really, really messed up there. Or oh, Osiris had the game where he had two holding calls. OK, but but other than that, we haven't had the even about Spencer Brown, even about uh, mm -hmm. Deion Dawkins. Were, or, we have not had it. So I think a big difference is Josh is comfortable and he's being protected. And then you got Khalil Shakir, who knows how to block as a wide receiver. You yeah. have like it, it's just a different situation. So I do think that this game looks different for the Bills offense and I do think like you mentioned they've had a rough time this year the Bengals defensively and uh I think what this is going to come down to is if our defense is better or good enough to to kind of make more stops mm. than their defense whichever defense makes one or more stop I think I think both these teams can score whenever they feel like it it's funny because Daryl Fletcher just says that Spencer Brown has been a pleasant surprise and um and I I, I don't know if if 
Daryl, you in particular, I'm not singling you out, listen to the Phoenix show. Um, but for a lot of people, I feel like they feel this way. And John has been very pointed as has Jerry, just about Spencer and like the good reps and the bad reps and him looking different last year than he looked even in his rookie season back injury and some of that other stuff. So I would tell you that like the guys that know about this kind of stuff versus the <laughs> at home <laughs> dudes like you, me and all the other content creators that aren't former NFL football players that are on this network. Um, they see the game different than what we see. Right. As far as that goes. Um, I, the only, the only pushback that I would give you on everything that you just said, and I, I, I agree with you completely is there have been a couple of games this year, the Patriots game was one of them where Josh was, his eyes were down. He was kind of running for his life, whether he needed to or not, he was not trusting what was happening in front of him. Um, Trey Hendrickson is a threat, right? I mean, that is a good football player and he's dirty. Last year we saw him take an extra roll or two into Josh's leg and hurt Josh. Um, I don't know how badly he hurt Josh, but we saw Josh kind of come up gimpy when he made that extra roll. I just don't want to be in a situation where the Buffalo Bills, like I said, try to play possession football because at the end of the day, they're not a good possession football team at all. That's what they've tried to do the last several weeks before the Bucks game. They tried to play. We're just going to keep the ball for eight and a half minutes and do really slow things and like just take our time and go right down the field. And that's not who they are. So, like, to try to force that against the Bengals, who as soon as they get the football are going to run down the field and score on you, it might be too late when they decide, oh, we got to get out of this. We got to we got to go up tempo, like four-minute offense, go up tempo, which is great because I've been saying it, you've been saying it, Jeremiah Poyer's been saying it. They did it against the Bucks. It worked. I just feel like the answers are there. I'm afraid that conservatism think, is going to win the day or try to win I think day. we should absolutely just – Go back to the 90s and just run the K-Gun offense. Just come out and just be in hurry up. Just run the damn K-Gun. Make it make it a new thing for Josh, but just come and hurry. I, th I love the and – and by, and by up-tempo and by no huddle, I don't necessarily mean you have to be pedal to the metal completely. You can get to the line and call your play at the line, but it, yeah. it keeps that defense from, from subbing out and doing things. I just love the up-tempo. I love how – off balance and made the defense look. Yeah. I love how comfortable it made Josh look. And Diggs, he, he didn't get the the 50,000 targets that he's typically gotten. Yeah. But, man, he's looked – he, he could have. And he's yeah. been – Josh missed him a couple times last week, man. He had the one th throw there that should have just been a touchdown immediately. Yeah. So I had John and Jerry on the, the last off-tackle show I was able to do, uh, which was a couple weeks ago. Um, and I – can't remember exactly which game it was after. I think it was before the Bucks game. Um, but they both feel that the 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 K gun could not work in today's NFL because they basically ran six plays. Six. Now they had stems off of those six plays, but it was effectively just six plays. Now that's not that when Jim played, there was no microphone in the helmet. There was no offensive coordinator who had his ear until 15 seconds was on the play clock and then the, the microphone cut off. So there's an aspect of doing that, but there's something to be said for the rhythm that Josh gets into, which is where that whole up-tempo four-minute thing comes in. So we're not talking about snapping the ball with 20 seconds left in the play clock or 21, or if it's a 40-second after a run, 30 seconds left in the play clock. It's more about in that 15 seconds, right? 13 seconds, just being muddle-huddle type stuff. I agree with you. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't know. 
from what they have I said. Respectfully, if, I respectfully disagree with that. I don't do that often because, like no, you you're mentioned, they're, they're former players, and and I respect everything that they've taught me. Especially both of them have taught me quite a bit. But um, to say that, I just I think Josh is a better quarterback than Jim. And, mm-hmm. I, and this is not a shot at Jim. This is not a no. shot at anybody of the mm-hmm. 90s. But I think Josh is an overall better athlete and a better quarterback. And I think if you put That's him in a situation. That's not a shot. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just is what, you know. And mm-hmm. I think if you put him in a situation where he's able to to have the defense on their heels, I think it absolutely will work. I just don't see how Josh is not smart enough and athletic enough to do that. Well, the reality is, and you and I have, you and I have pounded the table about the fact that this this offense can turn it on whenever they want to. And it's in that up-tempo, four-minute, two-minute time. Like, the Bills can sit around and do absolutely nothing for an entire half. And then it's a minute, 36 seconds left on the clock. They get the ball back and right down the, right down the, right down the field, like touchdown. It's oh. like, do Bring that. It get it back. Touchdown again. Why can't do we do that. this the whole game? Just do it from the beginning. And what's funny is that's what was the birth of the K-Gun. Like the, the birth of the K gun was that happened. And then Ted Marchabrota looked at Marvin and was like, maybe we should just do that. Just do it. And that's all I'm saying here. Like do the same thing. I'm not saying literally the K gun. Like, yeah, I'm not saying the right. same six plays. I'm just saying like, look, let's just get this thing up tempo. Let's make it happen. But Hey, we, we got to get out of here soon. So you know what time it is. I know what time it is. So everybody listening to this, y'all know how we do it every single week. We uh, get our game score predictions. We get our Josh Allen stat line prediction. So go ahead and start dropping both of them in the comments here. And then Joe and I will go back and forth with what we feel like will happen. I know the game, so it's moved a bit. So the Bills opened for the first time this season as underdogs at one and a half. It's moved now to two and a half. The Bills first are time still in 26 underdogs. 26 games, is that right? Is it it's, 26 yeah. games? Something like that? Some crazy yeah. number that the Bills have not been the favorite? Which I don't think so, we as Bills Mafia appreciate. Like what the rest of the world and Vegas thinks of this football team. Like, wait, it's been 26 games they've been favored? Okay. But you know what? But that's why I got mad at Josh for that, that, that you know, all pro offensive coordinator thing. Listen, this is your fault that we're favored every doggone game. <laughs> it's your fault that, like, we got, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not our fault that you gave us this. We didn't do you this. You came here. We didn't do this. You did this. Don't get mad at us. But so where where are you at with this though, man? I think um, for me, I, I, I like the fact that we're underdogs. It's 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 not weird to me because I am uh, conditioned to be worried about every football game, right? I still haven't. I think there was a there was a pocket somewhere in the last couple of years where I said to you, I remember saying to you, like I'm at the point now where I expect the Bills to win every week. And we, I've kind of, I've kind of regressed a little bit in that, where it's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like, I feel like we've we've kind of come back to reality a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the, the but balloon, that's good. The balloon has lowered. <clears throat> the bar is well for me. I th- I think that's good for me though, because what happens is like, if we if we don't win the Super Bowl, my summer isn't in shambles. Like I, I feel like you know if we don't win the Super Bowl, it's like, okay, we were we had a great year. We didn't do it. You know, at some point we got to do it. But I think when you lower your expectation, the the heartbreak is just so much more manageable. <laughs> right. So it's weird not being favored. But it's but I would say that it's weird not being favored to answer your original question. But it's also weird to me that we're always favored. 
right? There's been times that I think that teams have been wildly disrespected because the Bills were favored against the Chiefs at home in Kansas City, right? Like the, the Chiefs are like, well, uh, we're the Super Bowl champions. What do you mean we're not favored to win in our own stadium? And then the Bills would beat them. <laughs> it's like, uh, um, okay. <laughs> Right. That's typically how it goes, man. So uh, Josh Allen for me, I'll go first as far as stat line prediction for Josh Allen, because that's how we do it. And I know that everybody's doing both in their comments and love to see. So bring on the comments. If you are watching the show live on YouTube or Facebook, give us your Josh Allen stat line prediction and your score prediction for this football game. Josh, I, I feel like the Bills are going to have to score. I feel like the Bills are going to have to not play a possession, like a limited possession football game. And I, I feel like, you know, if they come out of this thing and they're like, we're going to run the football 65% of the time, I think there's going to be a problem. I think there's an issue there for the Buffalo Bills. Um, so give me like 325 for Josh, 325-ish, 330, and probably two or three touchdowns in the air, one on the ground, maybe two on the ground for Josh. I think there's an aspect of like them hopefully realizing, oh, this is what works for us like this is this is this is what works and even even mcdermott going yeah that crap that i wanted you to do uh uh dorsey ken like that doesn't work like just just go do your thing oh my god i would love it i would love it if that's what he said to him like okay i'll, I'll stay out of the offense just do your yes. thing yes. um I, I think i think for me the way i'm going to this game i think this is going to be the vintage um add this to the Josh Allen resume film, you know, like add this to his film because so for the first part of his career has been, is Josh Allen going to live up to playing against Patrick Mahomes? We've seen him go toe to toe with Mahomes. We've seen him do things against Mahomes. We've beat them in the regular season, yeah. not in the playoffs, but, but we saw 13 seconds where technically Josh thought he won the game for us twice in that game, right? When he goes mm -hmm. off the field, he's ahead, but so we've seen him. He has not performed well against Joe Burrow, and the the game that was that was postponed and then ultimately canceled, it didn't start off good for us that game either. So, this is the game that Josh has to come out and say, "No, I'm still that dude. I'm still in this conversation, and it's going to be me." And I think we're going to see Josh Allen have it. I'm going to say Josh Allen is going to go for 280 in the air. He's going to have 65 on the ground. Ooh. I'm going to give him a touchdown on the ground and, and two in the air. No interceptions this week. And I'm going to say that uh, it's going to be one of those games that, you know, your fantasy, If whoever has them in fantasy, you're going to love them. That's me. I do too. I Somebody it. asked a question about what the weather's going to be. So it's going to be beautiful in uh, Cincinnati. It's going to be 64 degrees, at least during the daytime, the high of 64 degrees. It's going to be beautiful in Buffalo this weekend too, despite the snow we got last night, which is already gone. Just so everybody knows. Got about an inch and a half, two inches of snow overnight, and it's all gone already. Um, so yeah, in time. Got, yes, you did. Um, so uh, I'm time. so mad that I missed that football <laughs> game. What a game to go to in late October. Like I have been in Bill's awesome. home openers. Where it's like 58 degrees and the wind's blowing and you're freezing your cojones off in that stadium in the mm -hmm. summer. Like the summer doesn't end until September 22nd and you're like, it's summertime. What is happening right now? So it yeah, what a, what, what a game for me to miss. But my dad got to take my uncle, which is great. So my uncle, by the way, who wrote nice. a bunch of Buffalo Bills books. So Rock in the Rock Pile, uh, yeah. 100 Things Every Bills Famous Know Before They Die. Jeffrey Miller is my uncle, just for everybody that's probably got that book at home on their coffee table. 
final score prediction. So I said that Josh would have four, would account for four touchdowns at least. So I've got to at least beat 28. I feel like this is going to be a one possession game. Do you think it's going to be close to that one and a half? Do you think Vegas is going to be in play like a one point game, a two point game, a three point game? I could see it. You know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I think the bills are going to win by at least a touchdown. Like, like I said, I think this is going to be a Josh Allen game. And I think, I think we have our safeties back. I think Von Miller is going to show, hey, okay, mm. I'm back this week. Mm. I think mm. it's going to be a game that the Buffalo Bills are going to show them. Like, it's it's one of those statement games where, you know, it's like sometimes the Bills show up and it's like, okay, for this week's news cycle, they're talking about the Bills again. The Bills are going to jump up on everybody's power rankings. They're going to be, this is that week. So, Bills fans, pull out your, your Victory Monday shirts for next week. Pull out, if you're reading this, the Bills won yesterday shirts. Pull out all of that stuff because next week is the week to be a Bills fan. I'm telling you, after, this is the game. Primetime, nice. Sunday night football. Josh Allen is going to look like the MVP that he is. The Buffalo Bills defense is going to dominate. It's going to be like that. I'm telling Clip this up and post it. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I, I just wish I, I just wish I had the Sunday night theme music like at, at the ready. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to get the video put. I, I don't want the copyright issues. But yeah, you're right. I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I wish I had like the ability to pull that up right now because like you were like you're on it right now. So uh final score prediction for me. I, I've got the bills around 38 because I, I it, it, and what's funny is I'm going to predict 38 to like 35 or 38 to 32 and then it's going to be a defensive game and we're all going to be like biting our fingernails like for three and a half hours on the football field so but I give me 38 to 32 in this football game I'm going to go uh 31 to 17 31 17 so you've got them thumping closer game I than the a... score or not as close like it, it's going to be like late they, they score no, a touchdown it's going to be late, late that they'll get a touchdown late maybe T Higgins late or something like that, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be the, and, and Roy Collins in the comments says that I'm the, I'm the optimist here. I am not an optimist when it comes to, I'm telling you, I, I try to be, I, I'm the one that opened the season saying we were going to lose to the Jets. You did. I, I, listen, we're going to win this game. It's your I fault. Did. It is my fault, <laughs> but I'm telling this game isn't. And even when we did the production prediction for the seasons, I told you then that this game Go back. I'm telling you, go back and watch. I said the same thing then that I'm saying now about this game. This game is going to be the coming of Josh Allen for this season. Pause. I certainly hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, brought to you by Ficta Endel and Elmer I Care. My name is Joe Miller. That over there is Chase Spencer King. And this has been a fun show. I, I tell you what, for those of you, like this show doesn't get the watches and the listens that some of the other ones do. This is good. This is good stuff. Tell a friend. The listens. We got to get YouTube up. We got, yes. we got the, the listens on the podcast and stuff, but we got to figure this YouTube thing out. Yeah. Like, like tell, tell a friend, tell, to go, go yeah. tell a friend. Like if you're not tuning into Joe and Jay Spence, like you're missing it because Something like it's, you, it's entertaining. It's like, there's information. Like they talk about yeah. good stuff. They're not ridiculous. And re like, it's not boring, whatever. I'm a that. bit ridiculous. I'm a bit ridiculous. <laughs> like, just, a little, just a little bit. I can admit it. I believe hey, Jerry Sarah and uh, Jerry. Yeah. Yep, I was about to say I, Sarah and Jerry line the gang, stick around. They're on right now yeah so yeah so jump from here straight over there love you guys go bills go bills
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.